Hi, I'm Lori Pickens, a photographer and photo educator. I'm passionate about helping photographers just like you get profitable and productive in their own businesses. As a mom to three kiddos, I know how hard it can be to juggle all the demands of life. But I also know that it's possible to have a successful business and a happy family. And that's why I created Photo Goals, a podcast for creative business owners who want to learn tangible steps to automate their business through workflows, systems, tools, and strategy in order to go from scattered to streamlined with purpose. On each episode, I'll share simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use. No fluff, just the good stuff. I can't wait to help you achieve your photography goals. Let's do this. Okay, pop quiz time. What is the best type of data storage? A, redundant storage. B, offsite storage. Or C, cloud backup. Go ahead, think about it. The answer is actually D, all of the above. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you today about the three different types of data storage and why I believe it is best to use a combination of all three. So to back up a little bit, I should mention that some of you may or may not know that I um, am a photographer as my side, side job. I'm actually in my day job. I work as a database designer for the U.S. Treasury Department. And for several years before I have the position I'm in now, I was a database administrator. And it was literally my job to make sure that our government databases were backed up, were safe, secure, and, you know, in in the event of a disaster, that they would fail over to another site and go on about their business and that our government could operate and fund and all of those things. So, I say this to say, <laughs> to, to make the point that, one, I know a lot about data backups and the different strategies available. And while I understand some of the more technical aspects, I also know that at the end of the day, the important thing is that regardless of if it's a government database or it's your family memories, it's important and it needs to be set up properly and secure and in a way that you're not going to lose it. And that if there is a house fire, if there is a accident, or if things get dropped or things get deleted, that those memories are, are still available to you. And the same with client images, you know, it's, it's a way to protect you and your business in the event that something needs recovered. So the first type of storage that we're going to talk about today is redundant storage. This simply means that you have multiple copies of the same data in multiple places. For me, this is as simple as an external hard drives. So you can get fancy. You can get redundant array, independent disks, like a a RAD system with solid state drives and all of those things. And some of them can be complicated to set up. Most of them are worth it and are worth the money. And if you live in an area, you may even have an option to have somebody come and set that system up for you, where basically all you have to do is pop out a drive and pop another one in. If that's something you're interested in, that I recommend looking into outsourcing it or making sure that it is done properly. But if you're not ready to invest in something like that and you want to keep it simple, and again, this is actually what I do, is I just have multiple external five drives that you can copy or have an application automatically write to. 
and it's just a great option to have. So I like to have my photos copied on at least three external hard drives at one time. I know that sounds crazy. I know some of you are like, I copy into a hard drive. But <laughs> again, the idea of redundancy is that if one fails, you simply replace it, copy everything back over to the, that drive and keep going. Drives can be recovered, but it's often a very long and expensive process. It's if when people copy to one hard drive and something on that drive fails or they drop it or it just stops connecting all of a sudden, you can, you can pay services. There are software that you can install that will try and recover what it can. Or sometimes you can even send them off to a place and they'll take the drive out and copy it over to you. But again, it's, it's a long process and it's not cheap. And to me, having multiple copies, if, if one falls and it stops working, yeah, I'm out a couple hundred dollars of whatever that drive cost me, but I buy another one. I copy everything from the two good ones that I have and I just keep on rolling. I don't take that headache of having to get something back that that's now missing. So a lot of times I get the question of what brand of external hard drive should I get? I don't have a, oh, this brand is the absolute best. You must get it. Most of mine are either Seagate or Western Digital, but I basically just try to find a reputable brand. I don't have one specific brand that I trust. I go on Amazon and I read the reviews and as long as it's one that has really good reviews and has, you know, lots, it's not a brand new brand that nobody's tried and things like that, then um, I, I'm usually okay with it. The truth is that any of them can fail. If they get knocked off of a table, if it gets dropped on a hard surface, they can stop working. I don't care if it's the best brand. <laughs> There's, there, I'm sure there are cases and situations where it has stopped working. And this doesn't mean that you can't recover them. It, again, is just an expensive and time-consuming process. And that's why I believe in multiple copies in multiple locations. For now, I actually store mine on a lower shelf over a rug. So my desk has some little cubbies, and I put them all in that. And, you know, they're only four inches off the ground. And I try to basically keep my kids out of that area, which... <laughs> As I'm sure we all know as moms, that's probably impossible. But I just try to keep them where there's less concern about their stability. That, you know, they're lower off the ground. They're in a tucked in kind of spot that doesn't have a lot of traffic through it and things like that. Just reduce what you can, the idea of them getting knocked off or pulled unplugged and things like that. I have used a portable drive, like a... Byru gear rugged case. If you are concerned about kids or pets and things like that in and out of your office, I recommend getting one that is made for portability for heavy duty or build for travel. There's some that are in almost like a, a rubber case or they're usually smaller and compact and have like they'll say durable or made for on the go, that kind of thing. I have a small Seagate portable drive in a Byru gear rugged case that I take with me on long trips. So basically while I'm at the beach, I can plug it in in the evenings and back up my photos. And Lacey is another reputable brand that I've heard for tough external hard drives that are built for travel. 
You know, if you're going on a long trip for two, three weeks, you don't want to rely on just your laptop or just your camera. It's a great idea to upload those at the hotel or whatever it is in the evening, copy them over to the hard drive, just so you have two copies. What size drive should I get? I think the answer to this is a personal choice um, and definitely one that's going to change over time. My general recommendation is to get the biggest one that you can reasonably afford at the time. I like to get a new one every year on Black Friday because Amazon usually runs some great deals. And I just go on and I pick up whichever is the largest at a good price and has great reviews. When a hard drive is full or I'm ready to take it out of rotation. So again, I have three at a time. I take it out and I store it in a fireproof box that I have here at the house. And I put it in a Ziploc bag with the cords that came with it. You know, so everything that you need to be able to take that out of the fireproof box and plug it in and use it. And I also label it with the years of photos that I include or any other information that I might want to do if I'm searching. I keep all of my pictures by calendar year. So I have a 2023 folder and then a whole organization within that. But so basically I know if I'm looking for something specific, if I'm looking for a wedding from 2020, or if I'm looking for my kid's eighth birthday, I, I know in general which drive I'm looking for. And I can say, okay, this is 2012 through 2018. It's going to probably be on this one. And the fireproof box is just a big giant box that is has a lock and we keep it in our basement or I keep one in my office. And, you know, it, again, you can just search for fireproof box and that's what they make them for is for documents that you don't wouldn't want to lose in a house fire. And that's where I put my hard drives. The second type. So that was redundant storage. The second type of storage that I talk about is off-site storage. And this is usually the other easy one that gets overlooked. Off-site simply means that it's at a location other than your main storage. For me, this is my parents' house. You know, my parents live a few miles away, and once or twice a year, I take one of my redundant hard drives to their house. This buys me the extra protection that the redundant copies do not because of a house fire or a flood or anything else that happens at my house, it, the chances are that the drive at the offsite location at my parents' house is going to be fine. This buys me the extra protection that a redundant copies do not. Because if there was a house fire or a flood or something at my house, the chances are the copy and the hard drive at my offsite location for my parents' house it's just fine. A lot of times this can be a local friend or family member that, you know, it's a very small drive. And if you're close with them, you might not ask, can I store this drive at your house? Or maybe even ask a good friend if you could swap drives. You keep one at their house and they keep one at your house. Another option, if you don't feel comfortable asking somebody for this, is a local safety deposit box. The third type of storage is cloud storage. And this is simply where you back up your files online. There are some great companies that offer automatic cloud backups. I use Code42 Crash Plan. And another very popular one amongst my photographer friends are is Backblaze. And the only one thing that I would caution with either of these systems is that 
I, I know when I originally started researching, I know Backblaze had this as their default setting. I think CrashPlan does now too. But they do not keep backups of data that have not been connected to your system within six months. So basically, they're going to go out to your computer once a night and say, hey, is this stuff all still there? And if, so say on my external hard drive that I'm now also backing up to the cloud, when my backups are full, say my backup now is 2019 through current day. And the previous backup that I now put in my fireproof box was 2012 through 2018. As soon as Backblaze no longer sees that drive, because again, once I fill it up, I'm going to unplug it and put it in a safety box. So if Backblaze no longer sees that, it thinks, hey, she deleted those, she deleted those files. She must no longer want them. You know, it's kind of like the idea that maybe you go in and clean up things off your hard drive and you did mean to delete them and you don't want to keep them anymore. So by default, that's the way a lot of the cloud backups say is if I can't see it anymore, she must have purposely removed it. And in my case, that's not the thing. I still want those photos from 2012. I don't want to have them out all the time. Or maybe I don't, I, you know, I want that hard drive in a secure spot. So I'm not plugging it in every day. But what you can do is that's usually it's a setting that you can change or if it's not what you want to do. You have to make the idea that every six months I get it out and I plug it in so that my cloud backup system still sees it. Again, I feel much better being able, there are settings that you can change that says retain this longer than six months, even if you can't connect to it. If you are signed up for cloud backup service for the first time, you might be a little shocked at how long the initial backup will take. I think when I signed up with CrashPlan, Mine was 17 days and I have decently fast internet speed and you might just have to accept that this is a strategy is a long game (laughs) and it's worth it in the end. You may think 17 days, what? That's ridiculous. I can't, you know, this isn't worth doing, but it is. You just need to hope and pray (laughs) that that 17 days goes by and, you know, no disaster happens in the amount of time and that everything is backed up because once it's there, Moving forward, it's not going to take that long and you'll stay up to date. I think both companies offer a service that you can mail the drive in and they will load it and then mail it back to you. So if you are in a place that doesn't have great internet speed and you know it, you connect and it says it's going to take five years to do your initial backup, you may want to look at other options in order to do that to get at least that first initial baseline backup. But again, this This cloud backup, in my opinion, is like worst case scenario. I think of it like insurance. (laughs) I want to have it there and I value the security that it gives me, but I hope that I never actually have to use it. And you got to think if this 17 day process is what it took to make that initial copy, how long is it going to take you to then re-download all of that data? And that's why I think having redundant data drives at your home and even having the off-site local copies is your first line of recovery. You know, it's going to be a whole lot easier for me if something breaks for me to drive to my parents' house and get the other drive or to get another drive out of my storage than it is to re-download all of that data from the cloud. 
The next thing I do recommend is testing your cloud backup periodically. Mostly, this is to ensure that you have your settings and backups running as you expect. Sometimes you turn these things on and you don't even realize that it hasn't been running for a month or that, you know, it, you get a new laptop and you forgot to tell it, hey, this is the machine you need to copy from now. Or it does what I said in the beginning that it hasn't seen this drive for six months and it's no longer copying it or it's no longer saving a copy of it. So what I like to do is pick a milestone that's easy for you to find. Say your child's birthday from three years ago. You go to your cloud service, you locate a file, and you try to recover it. You try, you say, I'm going to go get a file from this event and I'm going to download it. Pick a date that's easy to remember or set a reminder on your phone or calendar. I am a firm believer that what gets scheduled gets done. So set a reminder on your phone or phone app or calendar that once a year you go do this. Try to find something, if you needed it, that you could locate and download. There's so many little bugs and things and quirks that you may not realize that you don't even understand until you try it. So don't wait until you have to. Test it out. Test that you have all of your things set up the way that you think that you do. Another great cloud storage option that I use is Dropbox. I use this a lot for my collaboration projects, for stuff that my team and I share back and forth. Great. Dropbox is great for accessing files and photos from my phone or when I'm away from the office. And Google Drive is another great option for this type of storage. Amazon Prime is another cloud option. And I know at the time of, that I was writing this, members that are Amazon Prime members get free storage. I've read and heard different things that Amazon Drive is going away, but they were keeping Amazon Photos. The other important thing to note is that they have in their fine print that this is intended for personal photos, not service-based and so this may or may not guarantee their recovery if they could prove that your images were client work or that you were hired to take them. So again, if they were, if you would back something up and then you couldn't get to it on your Amazon drive or things like that, they're not guaranteeing that service for you. It's not for that purpose. It's not supposed to be wedding photographers, <laughs> wedding photographers that are using this as a system. But again, I know a lot of us probably are already Amazon Prime members. So it's kind of just a free extra backup. Sometimes I just throw things out there and it's more of a nice to have, but I'm not actually relying on it as a dedicated service. In my opinion, these are great online services and a nice additional storage location, but they do not replace the need for an online backup service like CrashPlan or Backblaze. Those run in your background. You don't have to think about them. They... You know, I, I'm a firm believer that as soon as I get home from a session or when I get home from an event that's important to me, I upload the photos. And then I know that night they're backed up to the cloud. Even if I haven't edited them yet, I know CrashPlan is going to run for me that night and God forbid something happened to me at home, <laughs> you know, throughout the night, those photos are, are there. And I know, especially if you're a wedding photographer or a birth photographer, those are memories that you cannot get back. 
I feel the same way about my own kid's birthday party. I feel my memories are just as important as my client photos, but the the importance and the significance of any of those memories are important enough that it's it's good to have those systems in place, to have a workflow that will keep them secure, that will keep a copy of those when you need them. God forbid a disaster happens. So for all of this, it may take some time and organization up front to get your systems in place, to get your external hard drives in a good workflow where you copy to them, where you have them in a place that aren't going to get knocked off and bumped, to get that initial cloud backup, to find the friend that is willing to swap drives with you. But I promise none of it is actually hard. And I promise that it is all worth it if you should ever need it. So remember this. This is what I always tell people. Storage is cheap. Memories are not. So start with simple. Start with an external hard drive that you copy to. Find that friend that you can swap a drive with. Or look into the how much an SAD deposit box would cost in your area. And research the, the cloud options that you have. Maybe if you have a Dropbox storage account, all you do is when the edited photos, you copy theirs there and not the raw ones. Again, I'm a data geek as I started out saying, I copy everything at least three times. That's kind of my rule of thumb for anything on my memory cards is my memory card does not get formatted until I know that raw file is backed up in at least three places and two of them are different. So that means either one has been moved to my off-site location or one is on the cloud. That's that's what makes me sleep at night. <laughs> so storage is cheap, memories are not. So if you have any questions about this, I would be happy to chat, send me a DM, or let me know which of these systems you have, which of these systems you're stuck with. Again, it's it's not hard. It is time-consuming, but it is all worth it. So I hope that you get your data storage and your photo backup system in working order and that you never, ever actually need it. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Photo Goals. If you enjoyed this content, it would mean the world to me if you left a review or send this to your business bestie. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss the next episode. And as always, check out the show notes for links to all my resources and info. And as I tell my kids every day, be kind and make good choices. Thanks for listening to Finding Leader of You.